Hello. Hopefully you can all hear. <laughs> I am doing this from my phone temporarily because my computer just decided to do some strange update thing. So we're just going to let it do that for a minute. Um, and I'm going to make Sally the host just in case um, I have any other technical problems. Sally, where are you? You're there. How do you do this on phone? My goodness. Okay. I am here if you need me to pop to the top. Let me see. Make host. Okay. Got it. So once my computer is back up and running, I'll disappear and reappear. Um, sorry about that, guys. Always, always a plan B with the tech. How are we all? Welcome to our Friday Mindset Call. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. And if this is a return call for you, then hopefully you know a little bit about what to expect today. It was a little bit more quiet on the questions front, possibly because we're just coming out of rest week and everyone kind of getting themselves back in gear. But we have pulled out some of your brilliant questions to talk through today, both myself and Sally. And um, yeah, we're looking forward to it. We'll be about an hour. We'll try and keep to time. Sometimes we do go over on these ones. And um, do make use of the chat box. Do support one another and cheer one another along in there. This is the first call we've had post rest week. This is the first week four call I know one went up in error on the podcast feed. My husband updates that and I, I'm not sure what he'd put up instead. So it caused a bit of alarm, but you've not missed anything. This is the first one and you're in the perfect place. Okay, Sally, while I try and sort out my computer, are you okay to go first? I am 100%. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? I love my little Insta retreat visits. Love seeing you guys. It's always a complete pleasure. And yet again, as Sarah said, while we didn't have so many submissions this time, they were really meaty. So we've got some brilliant ones. And I would, oh, just in case you don't know me, I'm, I'm Sally Hardy. Sarah very kindly invites me in as your guest mindset coach, where I get to kind of dig and ferret around in your minds, ideally to up your confidence in being all of you and letting that shine out into the world because that really is everybody's secret sauce. So is Sarah Barnes here? We have Sarah Barnes. If you're here, please say something or raise the little hand icon Hi. and you will pop right up to the top. Hello. Hi. I Hi. thought you were Sarah Hobbs on screen. Uh, yeah, I don't know how to switch my name on Facebook. <laughs> that is Sarah Hobbs. I love it. Okay, well, Sarah, very lovely to meet you, Sarah Hobbs. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. Good. That's are good. you okay to, to talk? Are you yes, happy sure. to do so? Brilliant. Can you please let everybody know what you would like some mindset coaching on today? Yeah, I've just noticed my Wi-Fi is a bit dodgy. I might have to switch Wi-Fis in a sec. Um, so I have started, uh, I, all my life I've been in sort of, well, not all my life, but a long time I've been in just uh, uh, coaching, training, um, all of that sort of stuff. And I started a female leadership company because I got really frustrated with seeing um, women being held back. And my daughters who've just started work, a couple of them um, experiencing the same issues that I experienced 25 years ago. And I'm going, how is this possible? So um, I feel quite passionate about it. And 
Um, but then I just started on Instagram, literally, I mean, you've probably seen I've done 13 posts and I just don't get it really. I'm, I, I, I experienced the thing of um, it went up to 90, it then went back down to 80 and they're coming on and off and it doesn't seem to make any sense. Then Instagram told me that one post was doing so much better than everything else. And it had like 10 likes. I'm like, how is that possible? And I knew most of them. So it's just a really sort of dispiriting is this, I've just kind of lost my confidence, I think. And, um, and you know, am I too old to be still trying to start this up? Should I just go with what I've always been doing? You know, I've got all of that. And as I know that it's a mindset thing but it's more difficult to coach yourself. Oh yes, because you could read the ingredients when you're outside the bottle, when you're inside the bottle, all you can see is the inside of the label. Yeah. So yes, it is much, much easier to get coaching from somebody else. I totally agree. So you have set up a new company. Yeah. And you are using Instagram as your marketing tool. Uh, well as one of them yes and it also needed to be LinkedIn but I thought I'd start with Instagram okay and it sounds like when you're saying that you've lost what is it that you've actually lost your confidence about just if it's you know if it's uh got legs really that if what's um, got legs that the whole concept of it of the business or Instagram yeah, of the business okay tell me a bit about that <coughs> um well, A, I, um, you know, it's a huge learning curve. I am enjoying it, actually. I was thinking about it when I was uh, journaling this morning. I am quite enjoying the, the challenge of it, I guess, and that learning something completely new. But I do, I do feel, um, I do feel, what do I feel? I feel really clunky with it. And um, that I'm, you know, just even trying to post, repost a story, I'm kind of going, how do I do that? Like, it's, um Yeah. What are you making that mean whenever you find it clunky? I'm too old. Okay. Because my kids are all You're over it, you know, like, and, uh, and, and just, you know, come on, mum, what are you doing? How does that make you feel when you think that I'm too old? Uh, too old. <laughs> I mean, what feeling does it generate? <laughs> um, it, so that, when you have that thought, so you're, you're, you're posting to Instagram, and you're finding that it's not something that's necessarily coming naturally to you right now. You have that thought. I guess it's a failure. Old. And, you know, am I wasting my time? And time is, 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 you know, I've got five kids. I've got two very poorly grand, uh, my parents, you know, two dogs, one dog's about to have two puppies. You know, it's all, it's already um, full on. And uh, I'm just kind of thinking, you know, is this really going to be worth the the, the learning curve for me? Um, and is you know, oh, I, you I know, I know that most of my clients normally are corporates, but I think the stuff that I also find because I was um, an accountant by trade, and then I do quite a lot of work on finance, on helping people understand their financial statements and and what makes companies really go so you know I'm kind of sitting on a company at the moment where we're trying to make it more more efficient so people can work incredibly hard and not get the financial return they deserve so it's about not being busy fools but actually working out where the really critical points in your strategy are that are going to turn that company around and make it you know make it make the owners see the bottom line rather than it all just kind of getting lost in the middle so Mm -hmm. I kind of think there's a whole you know that would be a massive benefit to more smaller entrepreneurs who probably don't have that that access to 
training that you get in a bigger corporate where they've got a learning development department, etc. So I kind of think there is a there's a need for it, but I just don't know how to get to 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 um, getting it out there. I guess it's the marketing bit. Okay. Is that coming from the thought I I'm too old to do this? Uh, Because it seems like you've got on one side, there's a sort of a strategy. Do I use Instagram? How do I use Instagram? What do I put on Instagram? And you've got your kind of higher purpose of your business. It sounds like you're quite clear about that you you don't want women to be held back you've got daughters you're so you're you're invested generationally in the conceptual success of what the company stands for yeah and then in somewhere in there this thought of I'm too old comes up or this you know is it going to be worth my investment like am I going to get a return on investment for this because my life is quite busy already with all of these other things and I'm the main breadwinner. which of these I need to make sure that every you know every hour I spend is quite efficient which of these is the most pressing do you think because there's a there are a few different things going on there it's really interesting because um I know that deep inside I really want to take this female leadership thing on now it's like I've been talking about it for about three years and before the pandemic I was so busy doing corporate stuff. You know, I was away most nights um, and it's not worth it. Even though, you know, I earned a lot more money. I, I didn't, I wasn't at home. I didn't see the family as much. I much prefer this quieter, slower paced life where I am. Um, okay, know, hang on a minute. Can I just pause you there? I might've misunderstood, but I thought how you described your life, it was quite busy to you. Yeah, but this is less. And then with the Instagram, it's a busy thing. But if you layer, I've always had the same number of children and parents and dogs, but if you layer traveling away all of the time on top, that was even harder. Harder than making posts to Instagram? Oh, God. (laughs) I've just gone on in a spiral. Yes. (laughs) But without the fear of failure attached to it. I knew oh, I so you never, you've never failed at work at all. You, you've, have you had a hundred percent success rate? Um, well, no, but in what I was doing in that 2018, 2019 period, I'd done it so many times before I could literally stand up in front of a group and just effectively press play and my mouth just gabbled it. Okay. And it so was what getting... you're telling me is because you had done it so many times. Mm-hmm. It was you... my comfort zone. Right. Okay. So how can we use that knowledge with your current situation with Instagram? Um, uh, I don't think I understand the question properly. If we know that traveling away was quite hard, but you knew that you could do it, you could stand up, you could give these presentations in front of bucket loads of people but you didn't really, you weren't getting the benefit from that, but you could do it even though it was hard and you felt confidence doing it, you believe, because you had done it so many times, you could stand up in front of a whole bunch of people and just deliver whatever it was that you delivered. Yeah. So these are just thoughts, thoughts that it are hard, that it's hard, thoughts that it's an easy thing for you to do that, the thoughts that you're having about it, you're giving the power away 
of your confidence in that situation, which is your confidence, because you give somebody else exactly the same life situation of having done it 10, 20, 100 times, they might never feel as confident as you do. So you feel your confidence, you're giving the power of it away to repetition. I've done this a number of times and therefore I feel more confident doing it. I have failed in that environment, but it was okay because it was that environment. If we move the eyeline over to Instagram, you kind of have a strategy for previous success that you may want to migrate over, which is down to repetition, which is down to doing something even though it's hard. You know you're capable of all of this because you've just described that you were doing it in your previous job or your financial yeah. job. I guess there's a fear of failure and a fear of looking stupid, if I'm really honest. Okay. It's what you're going to make that failure mean about you. Yeah, I see that. So what are you going to make it mean about you if you fail with this new co? I guess that because it means so much to me, <clears throat> sorry, I was talking to another friend who's also a coach on a walk. And I think it's just, I know that inside I really want to take the plunge and really concentrate on just doing this and slowly drop off the other stuff that I have been doing over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it's about, you know, this is a, maybe it's a, a, this is the last stage of my career where I've got the chance to do something different and make a difference and start making it about that rather than paying the bills and, you know, what's the most effective way. It's got more of a, for me, this has got more of a meaning and a, um, oh, I don't know, you know, it's just got something of more, more value. It's got, it's bigger than just me potentially. So then if you fail, what does that mean? It didn't work out. But what does it mean about you? Because this is what your brain is scared of. It's not scared of the failure per se. It's not scared of the new company. It's not scared of the hard work. It's not scared of the fact that Instagram feels clunky right now. It's scared of what that failure is going to feel like because of something that you make it mean in your head, something that your brain makes it mean. So if this new company fails, how do you think about that? What do you think about that failure? So I think up here, I can think it just wasn't, you know, I do think it's the right idea. So maybe it's just that I just didn't get the marketing right or the strategy right about around how to get it out there. Um, And in here, I will probably think I left it too late something like that okay so something that you mentioned a little bit a little bit before when you said this is my I'm not going to get the exact words right but it was something along the lines of like this is my this is my last chance to do something different to something something so that's you know that's quite an alarming thought for your brain is my last chance like if I don't get this and and the, the sort of the theme of doing it right I'm not doing Instagram right or I'm not doing the marketing right or I haven't chosen the right time or I've left it too late like there is this kind of book of when you're allowed to start a new company on women's leadership you have to be a certain age to do it you're too old 
you have to be good at Instagram, you have to be, you know, great at marketing and all these bits and pieces. So you have got a manual like about this thick for how Sarah needs to do this. And if Sarah doesn't do it right, then dot, 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 I've left it too late, I've et cetera, et cetera. I didn't do it right. I wasn't the right person to do it. I was too old and this was my last chance. Oh. Yeah, it's all going on in my head like that. So, can you feel the, the weight that comes with that? Yeah, it's a burden of negativity, literally. But also it's all based on falsehood. None of that's true. This isn't your last chance. You can make it your last chance if you never take another, but it's not your last chance. Okay. What if everything worked out perfectly? That would be really nice. Let me ask you a question. What if one of your daughters came to you or one of your future clients, female leaders came to you yeah. and presented as you have with basically social conditioning? I'm a female, I'm a certain age, I've got to pay bills, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to do a whole heap of invisible jobs, I've got to look after parents, children, pets, all this shizzle. <laughs> if I don't do this, this is my last chance. And I know this because of social conditioning. I know I'm not going to get another chance. As somebody, an entrepreneur, designing a company to support women in leadership, how would you respond to them? Um, it's, these are just, I would probably say, these are just, this is your mind playing tricks on you to keep you playing small and safe. What do you think about that? <laughs> uh, bingo. beautiful thing about brains is we always have our own answers coaches can help kind of poke and prod but they're never the coach's answers or at least they shouldn't be they're always your answers you know how to do this you've got a shitload of experience that says i can do hard things and you have now a higher purpose that is going to give a different flavor to the quote unquote hard things. Because when you're working in joy, when you are aiming at something that really means something to you, hard work is different. Doesn't mean that it doesn't happen, but because your joy compass is pointing in the right direction, you're like, this is a really important thing. Yeah. This can cause generational shift. This is a significant thing. I am prepared to do things that may make me feel a little bit uncomfortable. I am prepared to do bunny ears hard work. But the hard work hasn't got the same flavor as the hard work when you're aiming at something that doesn't mean anything to you. Yeah, no, it's you probably, if I hadn't thought of it like that. And that frightens our brain. Because what are you saying in effect is, I am prepared to feel like ass for this. 
<laughs> and your brain goes, I did not, but well, 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 we didn't chat about this. I didn't buy into this. That is like, I do. No, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make you feel like ass right now. And then everything will stop. Like you will, you will not have the confidence to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to whip that away. I'm going to tell you that all of your experience was over here in finance and that it's absolutely nothing to do with entrepreneurship. And, and who are you at your age to be leading a bunch of women? What the hell do you think you're doing, Sarah? That's it. That's every day. Yeah. But that's just your primitive brain. Your prefrontal cortex, you know this shit. You've got the experience. You know what the hell you're doing. You've got a company you're already working with. Everything is there. Your primitive brain just thinks you're going to jump over a cliff. And all you need to do is reassure it that all you're doing is stepping over a line. It's flat ground on both sides. You're just stepping over a line. And you can even toy with it a little bit. I tell you what, brain, let's do this for six months. I think, you know, I can keep us alive and safe for six months. We don't have to stay small and invisible. And we don't have to conform to the very social stereotypes that we are trying to break with this company. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. I did think last night that maybe I would just give the Instagram thing three months and see how it's done and just not judge it until I got to the end of the three months. You never need to judge it. It's <laughs> just data. It's just data. It's like we have 12 eggs, nine chicks have hatched. It's just data. It's, it's raining today. I got 10 likes on a post. It's data. Okay. And as soon as you separate it from you, you can use it as a marketing tool. But if it relates to you and the success of your company and the success of your company means something about you, it's quite a fragile, frightening world. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, thank you very much. You're welcome. You've got this. You are all over this shizzle. Ah, thank you. Very much. You are very welcome, Sarah. And I don't know, Sarah, would you like to add something, Sarah Tasker? All I would add is um, go and look up Chris Plackey. It's K-R-I-S and then Plackey is P-L-A-C-H-Y. She is working in a similar niche to what you're describing. She's in the US. I think she wouldn't mind me saying I think she's older than you. And she is killing it. And I paid her about £5,000 for a class just in the last couple of months. So go and take a look at her just to remind your brain, I think. Sometimes it's good when we don't see role models doing what we want to do in the world. It's very easy to believe all those stories in our head. And one strategy that can be useful is kind of a bit of a cheat. But it's to see someone else doing the thing that we're telling ourselves is impossible and then then that just gets a little bit of a crack in there that you can start to widen in that false belief. Yeah, it's true. I had a, I was very lucky. I spoke to the CEO of um, Look Fabulous Forever. I don't know if you've seen that. She started it about, I don't know, eight years ago, maybe. And she's now does, did, um, did the makeup for the Oscar bags. You know, she's, it's just gone like that. And I found that really inspirational. She's 73 or something. Um, <laughs> I know and, and I just yeah I was just thinking in my head I was just thinking maybe I should ask her to mentor me and just 
give me keep that potential right in front of me well maybe or maybe you can mentor yourself with that knowledge maybe you need to post it somewhere that you can see regularly that just reminds you that it's possible because all you really need is that belief right you need to feel it right down to your bones yeah yeah I do you don't need someone to tell you how to do it you know that you've got all of those I've been doing you know assertiveness and confidence and presence and impact for women for decades but yeah it's just it's just taking this next step but you have everything you need to do that already except the belief the self-belief oh no I know and that's great I think there's a moment in time as well that we particularly as women it's very helpful for us to shift from being the student to being the expert and you're not a student what none of us are we are all sovereign creatures that we can have our advisors who may well be teachers and we take from them what works what's relevant to us and we filter it through our usness if you like yeah. and we employ and we see the data results of that but you're not a student you don't if you want to have a mentor and you'd like your reasons for that then that's great but if you would like to have a mentor because you're coming from a place where you feel that you need somebody to show you the way or to lead you or to inspire you then maybe just check on on why that would be because it seems like from my perspective trusting the value that you already have in your mind there's an, what's that other expression when the when the student needs it the the guide appears or something along these lines and common knowledge would have us looking outside for that and I prefer looking inside that's cool you have your own mentor in your head in you fact, are your own mentor there's an exercise I know it's in um Tara Moore's playing big book I think you can actually get it for free on her website somewhere if you sign up to her mailing list um, and it's sort of a guided meditation. It's not woo-woo, though. It's like just a kind of guided meditation to connect you to your inner mentor, to find that person within you who is usually you a few years in the future, who has that real solid certainty of exactly what you can do. And I've found it so helpful to be able to connect to that version of me and be like, what, what do I want to do in this position? Because she always knows. She always knows what the answer is because yeah. she's me. That's brilliant. What was the name of Tara Moore's? Tara Moore, M-O-H-R. And the book is called Playing Big. I saw some people have already recommended it to you, actually, in the comments. It is a wonderful book. um, And it's really good for when you are stepping out of a safe zone and moving into the next level. It's all about that, like how we play small and keep ourselves safe because of this fear of what it really means for us to play big as women. So I think you might get a lot out of the whole book, but that exercise Mm. is in there as well. That's brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for sharing that, Sarah. Um, And please do this valuable work in the world because as the CEO of my own company, I have to say like, you are so right. There is no one out there teaching this stuff. And if you've never been managed well, you don't have the tool set to manage other people well. Like 
you're scrabbling around so we need the guidance of people like you thank you that that means a lot thanks very much thank you for sharing right i am going to try and switch to zoom on my computer um i wanted to wait until now just in case it did something strange to the room so i'm gonna press start (laughs) wanted to wait until we'd all watch you (laughs) (laughs) are you on both now hold on i'm just gonna leave okay this is brave. Has she left me in charge? We're going to have so much fun. Oh, rats. You're back. <laughs> I, was just, I didn't want it to happen in the middle of that coaching and for you two to lose the flow. So I was oh, like, <laughs> in case it closes everything down. Um, but Sarah, do make sure you have a good read of everything you've um, got waiting for you in the chat box as well, because there is a lot of really wonderful support and feedback and just discussion happening in there golden thank you so much and thank you both of you um i've I've loved watching these calls i'm sure everybody gets huge value from them both absolutely brilliant at it it's been i've really enjoyed the whole um the course so far so thank you so much i love hearing that thank you sarah thank you so much okay let's move on to Kirsten, are you here? Kirsten Schiel. I'm probably not pronouncing your name right. Hi, Sarah. That's me. Hi. I knew I'd seen you in the chat box. I was hoping you were here. It looks dark where you are. What time is it? It is. It is. I'm in Utah. It's 5.33 a.m. Wow. So I know I usually just listen to the recordings of these on the podcast. But since I asked a question, I was like, I'm going to show up. I'm going to be there. I'm so So glad that we called on you then. I know. I'm excited. (laughs) So good to be talking to you. So do you want to talk a little bit about what your question was that you shared? Yes. So um, I am. It's been a long time coming, but I'm finally at the point in my pottery business where I am actually leaving my job um so I have been um a full-time art teacher for for kids for elementary school and um I've been doing that for the last four years and probably the last two and a half or three years I've always I've always done ceramics but I had a lot of um mindset issues and things I kind of always wanted to be an artist since I was a little kid but um it's only been like the past few years that I've really focused on my pottery as a business and it's finally gotten to the point this last year where I have just been I've been dying this year it's been so hard to teach with COVID and with um trying to maintain both my business and teaching I've just been running myself into the ground and so it just feels ready it feels really I feel really ready to make that jump and I've been really excited for it I've been financially preparing for it um kind of all all this school year and some of last school year and it's really funny today is actually my very last day of school and it's been in like the last couple weeks that this fear has just really been creeping in that I haven't really, I hadn't really felt before. And um, so I just kind of wanted to take the opportunity to listen to your experience with doing kind of the same thing. And, um, and yeah, just, I don't know, just any advice or tips you had, I would love to hear it to kind of stay steady. In a way I'm kind of at this place where I was thinking about like an analogy last night when I couldn't sleep but um 
of it's almost like I almost feel like a cat or something where it's like I've already taken the leap like I've I've taken the jump I can't go back but it's like I want to just be orienting myself that I don't like like you know how cats just always land on their feet it's like I want to be it's like I'm already in free fall but I want to be kind of in control of my emotions I guess is a good way to put it so so I stay solid why what's the problem with feeling afraid I think it's just well I think it brings up all of those self-doubts of like a big self-doubt of mine is this fear it's really funny because I know um I know that I'm a very I'm a very good I'm very good at being task-based like if I have tasks I'm very motivated um and in that sense like working for myself makes a lot of sense like when we had COVID um when COVID first happened last spring and we shut schools down and everyone had to switch to online once I kind of figured out that my my job specifically because I was an art teacher was really task-based like it was like okay I just have to make this lesson plan I have to post it and then I'm done for the day and like once I once my job switched from hourly to that I was so motivated to get it done and I was a lot more efficient and that really helped my business too to have that to kind of have that shift in my mindset so there's like this there's weird things where I, I feel like I have evidence that I can do this but just all of those old fears kind of keep creeping in of um like if I don't have a supervisor am I going to be able to stick to my tasks and um if you know kind of also the traditional stuff of like leaving a salary leaving um like good benefits and I mean I'm not sure how it is in the UK I know Europe's like in general is a bit better than the United States but it's, it's like a big thing over here that it's like your job is your health care and if you don't have a good job you don't have good health care which is really unfortunate I mean I still every month I used to get paid on the 26th and every month on the 26th I'm like damn I'm not getting my pay slip <laughs> <laughs> And I left my job like seven years ago now or something so like yeah so I think exactly like just kind of getting any advice for people from people who've already kind of walked that path of that um kind of that shift because because you're right like I think that is going to be a really big thing is getting used to that salary not coming in regularly and kind of adjusting I don't know it just feels like a really big mental shift well what's really interesting is like you are blaming the fear for letting in all the self-doubt and I think it's actually the other way around I think you believing all these stories about yourself is the thing that's creating this sense of fear mm-hmm. and I'm curious like what was different you said this kind of started about three weeks ago mm-hmm. what was different four weeks ago and previously to now okay I actually the answer to that what was different is that I kind of was keeping it close at my schools that I was leaving about three weeks ago. And, um, and then when it kind of became common knowledge amongst all the teachers, it felt like every single conversation I had with every teacher was about me leaving. And I think that just like really started to like solidify it for me. Like, like it was just like, whoa, this is really real. This is really happening. And, um, And I also think honestly that like you, a lot of it was, it was almost like a mirror of with, 
there were, there's a lot of teachers who are really supportive, but I think there's just like a lot of people where you can almost kind of like see the fear in their eyes <laughs> where, where they're like, oh, you're going to sell art full, like you're going to sell pottery full time. Okay. Good luck. <laughs> well, and you'll see that if you're partially believing it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I definitely, yeah, no. And that's absolutely, like I said that. And so I think that is what it is in a way it kind of, it kind of slides me back a little bit each time because it is something that I feel like I've been working a lot to overcome. And I do feel like I've done a lot of really good, like, I'm really proud of my, like, mindset work on that. But it is one of those things where I think just like the recurring conversations with teachers who don't get it, will say, like, teachers who aren't really my don't see the world the same way I see the world I guess is a good way to put it but why kind are you just, choosing to listen to these thoughts and these people why are you now choosing do you think to think oh maybe I'll need a, a manager and maybe I'm not going to make enough money and maybe like I won't be able to stay committed why are you choosing those thoughts to listen to them that's a good question um I don't know. I mean, I guess I just, it's, I guess it is just as simple as not listening to them, which well, I think I have I offer a possibility. I think okay. a lot of the time when we listen to those thoughts and you tell me if this is right or wrong, it's because we think that they're going to help us stay safe. Mm-hmm. It's because we think if we listen, we'll somehow be more prepared or we'll somehow be more ready or we'll somehow be more safe. Mm-hmm. So your yeah. brain's like, this could go wrong and this could go wrong and this could go wrong. And you're like, okay, I'm listening. Okay. Oh yeah. They could all go wrong. Yeah. You're right. And mm-hmm. you think that that's going to help you, but it doesn't sound like it is helping you. Oh yeah. No, not at all. No. And it's true. It's almost like you, like the way you acted it out just now, it does, it almost does kind of feel like that because, because I'm the art teacher, I have like these, I have interactions with multiple teachers every day. Cause I'll, I'll see, you know, multiple classes in a day throughout the week. And it, do, it feels exactly like that because it is, it was like every conversation with every teacher was like just a very similar repetitive exchange. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's, that's probably is like a big part of it is just like having to kind of replay this same conversation, like actually in real life with. Well, you don't have to have that conversation and it doesn't have to go that way. Mm -hmm. Like what were the thoughts you were having when you made first made this decision a year, two years ago that you were going to do this and you started preparing? Um, I think I definitely, just felt super motivated and like very why what was the thought that made you feel super motivated um I think for me it's one of those things where well for me so I have never because of all of this self-doubt I've never put my art first in my life like I've always had it's always been my extra thing like like even in college I actually had a scholarship for 
um, the College of Natural Resources at my at my university. And so even in that, like it was like I was doing, I, I did get a degree in ceramics also, but it was almost like I had to kill myself to like get this science degree but then I would also, all of my extra credits, I would just be doing art as well. Like, and I just think that's so symbolic of how I've always done my life is like, I've always, like, I've always had to have like a safety net and then, and then do art and have a, make sure my safety net's there and do art. And, and I thought was something like, it's time for mm-hmm. art. Yeah, it was, age. it was for me, it was like, I need to put this first and see what happens. Okay. Do you still believe that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like, and that's something I've been thinking a lot about too, is that if, if worse comes to worse and like, and I can't, like a year goes by and I can't support myself on this, I can just get another, I can just get a job again, but I'll be really proud of myself for, I'll be really proud of myself for trying, for finally doing it and like finally taking that chance to focus on my art full time for well and it's not black and white right like there is a lot of shades of gray between it making enough money to support you full time and you having to go back and get another teaching job like there's this whole spectrum it could make enough money to almost support you full time and you could teach one afternoon a week or you could run an online class or Mm -hmm. it could make so much money that you buy like a mansion like the scale goes in different directions to just those two points. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point because I hadn't really thought of it that way. Um, when you thought, I need to put this first and see what happens, and we're talking about a year ago, two years ago, when you started to make this plan, you said you were feeling really ready, you were excited, you were starting to do financial preparation. What did you think probably would happen? That's a good question. Um, I guess, honestly, I mean, I guess obviously when I made that plan, I wasn't really doubting myself. I think it's easy not to doubt yourself when it's far away. (laughs) Like that's what's happening where it's like, it's like I am this far away from this so I can absolutely make this happen in two years. And now it's like, I am here and it's like, okay, so did I do it? (laughs) Did I do everything right? Is this gonna work? And what I want you to know is the thoughts that you had two years ago are just as available to you right now mm-hmm. you think that the because it's nearer that like you have to think different thoughts and you have to start thinking all these like cautious safety thoughts but that that's entirely optional mm-hmm. yeah that's a good way to think about it and you don't have to feel the fear you can still think exactly as you were thinking two years ago and generate that confidence and excitement and motivation and I it sounds like that might serve you a lot better in starting this new kind of new wave in your business than going in with fear and doubt and kind of a sense of resignation that it's probably not going to work. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a very, very good point. Yeah. Isn't it? It's, it's just so funny how, I don't know. I think in a way I just, I didn't, I'm surprised just because I didn't expect this shift to kind of suddenly happen but um but yeah like it is kind of one of like it is a good it is a good reminder that it's temporary and it's a choice and I can just just as easily just choose not to play into those fears I guess I mean it takes practice it's like Mm -hmm. I would make a list get get 
back in your brain back to that time period and kind of write as if you were there and write like a journal entry on a page of paper of all the things you were thinking and feeling then and see if you can connect a little bit more to that now and it's just it's not about squashing those fears it's not about pushing them to the side it's not about getting rid of them you can't get rid of them but maybe just giving equal airtime to all the good reasons that you decided to take this leap and like all the ways it might go right yeah I love that that's a really good point to kind of proactively focus on the positive things that I'm excited about too and I wonder how it might be different if you showed up to those conversations with colleagues. I mean, it, today was your last day, did you say? Or is your last no, day? No, I still have one more day. Okay. I have one so, more chance well, to one show more day of them wrong. <laughs> what if you showed up to those conversations with absolute confidence that this was the absolute right choice for you? Yeah, and that's, I think that's a really good, that's a really good point. And I feel like I, I feel like I have been pretty good, but it is, it's almost like because of the recurring conversations and the recurring sense of other people doubting it's like just chipped away at me a little bit over time but um but that's a good point I do feel I know like deep down I feel really good about it and it it is it's almost like this surface noise that I'm kind of letting get to me so you need to find a way to connect to that this feels right Mm -hmm. like the right choice and to to show up for yourself with that I know you asked for like specific tips as well. And like, I, I mean, I definitely went through my whole own set of drama. I carried my resignation letter around in my bag for like a week before I even handed it in because I was so frightened of taking that leap. Um, and something that a friend who's a psychotherapist said to me that I found really helpful was he was like, you know, even if you do this and you go and do it for like three years and then you decide to go back um to speech therapy or to something else he's like that doesn't make it a failure like that's not how it works just you you don't just because you choose something doesn't mean it has to be the thing you do for the rest of your life or else it's a failure like you have three amazing years of running this shop and selling your ceramics and then decide on something new for yourself Mm -hmm. and it's funny I've been a bit conditioned with that job for life like Yes, totally. And it's funny. I, it's interesting you say that because I, I have found that that's kind of a weird way for me to like quell the fear is like, it's like I kind of joke with people because I just turned 30 and I'll like joke with people and be like, well, my 30s is when I'm going to do pottery. My 40s is when I'm going to illustrate books. And my 50s is when I'm going to be a river guy. <laughs> Right. And it goes after that. I mean, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's just this funny, I don't know, like, it's funny to me how much it has helped me just to kind of have that mindset, how much it's helped me to be like, because I think there is, in a way, there is kind of all of this buildup where it's like, I have wanted to be an artist my whole life and now I'm going to try. And, and I think it's helped, it's really helpful for me because there's a lot of ego attached to that inherently it's like okay now I'm doing my the thing I've always wanted to do and so I think just to like have these these other like kind of joke kind of serious life goals is really helpful to to not be too attached to yeah whether or not this works that that with any creative life there's ebb and flow and there's change and Mm -hmm. our focus changes and 
like I'm sure the ceramics you'll be making 10 years from now will be completely different to the things that you make right now because that's how creativity works right it continues to evolve Um, I also want to offer that you've always been an artist you're not just about to become an artist yes that is a good point thank you for correcting me on that because yes I think that's a very important point too you've got this like what could you think what is a thought you could hold on to that would give you that feeling of excitement confidence connection um I think for me there is I think for me I'm honestly just really I feel a lot of pride like I I feel because to get to this step I really have done so much personal work, like like personal internal work of just like bringing, like taking, picking away at my own barriers and my own um, kind of like conditionalized, like things that, I don't even know if that was a word, (laughs) But, but like, you know, kind of my own things that people that have been conditioned into me from you know, signals from society. And, and I think more than anything, kind of no matter what happens, I'm, I'm always going to be really proud of myself that I, that I put in this work. I think it has like really changed kind of how I show up in the world. Like, I think there's a lot to hold on to that I've already, that I've already accomplished in a way. Yeah, so and um, that, it's connecting to what you've already achieved, even if yeah. else, even if, you know, tomorrow when it's your first day as a self-employed person, um, like nothing changes. You've already come so far. I do want you to be careful, though, because I think possibly there's a risk when you attach the the worth to the work you've done and how far you've come and how emotionally like prepared you are that when you then have these moments of fear and wobbles and the really natural kind of primitive brain kicking in to protect you that you might judge that mm-hmm. as like oh I thought I'd come so far or like I, I was so proud of all the work I'd done and now look it's all come back or now I'm not doing well and it might take that foundation away from you a little bit Maybe that doesn't resonate with you at all, but it it sounds like it could be a risk that in that moment you might not feel so proud of how far you'd come. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, to kind of detach from, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I I understand what you're saying where it's kind of like you, like detaching from those external validators. Well, yeah, yeah. And so maybe the, the thought is like, I have done so much work already and I can carry on doing this work in future Mm -hmm. instead of like I'm so much more emotionally prepared than I was before because there'll be times when you feel like you are not emotionally prepared to even get out of bed Mm -hmm. and you don't want that to then like just spiral into everything falling apart yeah totally yeah I also really liked what you said about how it's like tomorrow I'm an un- I'm like officially a self-employed person. Yeah, self-employed, but- not unemployed. <laughs> yeah, not unemployed. I heard, I heard that un. And, yeah. 
no, exactly. No, it's like I'm officially self-employed, but I'm the same. I'll like tomorrow I will be the same person I am today. I think that was really helpful to hear that. Because yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good, that's a really good point. And it's a good way to think about it. It's not like there's gonna be this huge sudden change that I experience tomorrow. No. And it probably won't be like the best day in your business. The first day in your business, like prepare yourself for that. It's probably not gonna be like the ultimate business day. You'll yeah, probably have a lot absolutely. of thoughts to work through. You'll probably have a lot of feelings to deal with. You'll probably feel overwhelmed. And mm-hmm. that's all completely normal and natural. The first day of my self-employment, I went on Twitter and I tweeted that it was my first day. And I got the most amazing like verbal hug from the Twitter community. And everyone told me I would never look back. And this was going to be like the first day of the rest of my life. And I would become unemployable because I was going to love working for myself so much. And it all came true. So I'm going to offer all of those thoughts to you as well. I didn't believe them that day, but they were all absolutely right. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks so much, Sarah. Thank you. And good luck. I'm so honestly so excited for you. This genuinely is like the most exciting moment. And it is such a shame that like our brains get in the way of us enjoying it at the time. Because if you could look back five years from now, once you know that this all ends really well, you would love to relive this moment with all of the joy and all of the excitement and all of the safe knowledge that you are capable of everything that this new venture is going to throw at you. And all of that's available to you if you want it right now. Oh, thank you so much, Sarah. Sally, did you want to add something? I really enjoyed that. And I think that's going to resonate with so, so many people. And I can see from within the chats as well, that people are like, oh, I did that, I did that. I, a couple of things that I just wanted to add only from a, from the tips and, and strategy perspective, deciding in advance how we are going to feel regardless of the results, which it sounds like you've already done that to a certain extent in terms of, I know whatever happens in a year's time, I will be proud of the decision that I made. It's one of the most powerful things that we can do to settle our brains when we're making a decision. Because the reason that a lot of people don't make decisions is because they are um, scared of how they're going to feel in the future. Like Mm -hmm. I'm scared that in a year's time, I will think X, Y, and Z, and that will make me feel awful about this decision that I made. So that decision in advance is fundamentally one of the biggest and best tips that can ever be made. I have my own back no matter what. I was thinking also of decisions in advance when it comes to conversations that you're having with other people. So when you go into school today, you are gonna have the same conversations you've been having for the last three weeks. But there's a potential to, rather than kind of letting that rattle you in any way, you'd be like, oh, this is the bit where they don't understand because they can't do ceramics. Of course, they're not gonna understand. Mm -hmm. Of course, they're gonna think I'm mad as a box of frogs. They have absolutely no idea. They have no idea how successful I'm gonna be. Oh, that's so cute. You can kind of, you know, just like, Try leaving your job to do Instagram in like 2014 when there was no Instagram. No one even knew what it was. Like, yeah, (laughs) people don't, people don't get it. And that's, that's why you're exceptional. Oh, thank you. No, And you're right. It is. It's like, people just don't, they don't understand. They don't really know what they're talking about, but it's kind of in a way. But they really don't understand. They Sorry, really, what? really don't understand as in, yeah. it's not like, oh, they, they don't understand. I have to convince them. I have to explain to them. They just, they, it, it is so far out of their 
frame of reference. They're not wrong to not understand, but they're they're not you. Unless you're the only person who can really get it as you. Unless you would go to them and be like, yeah, I'm doing this thing. Like, how do you think I should go about my marketing? Unless they're on that list, then... (laughs) It's safe to disregard yeah. their opinion. That's a really good yeah. way to think about it because I would never want any of them to market. For <laughs> yeah. I think it's a brilliant way of thinking about it. If you don't, if you wouldn't be prepared to hire them for the job, then maybe their advice is not the advice to take on board. I think that's a yeah. really good way of thinking about it. That's a great way to think about it. And then two other things. I wanted to talk very briefly. I know that we're coming to the top of the hour, Sarah. Is okay if I just cover two little points quickly? Um, one is on safety. So you spoke right at the very beginning about the safety of the paycheck and Sarah mentioned that as well. But just for full transparency, I knew from a very early age that I was utterly unemployable. So I've actually never worked for somebody else in terms of paychecks. So I might not be the best person to talk about this with, but what I do know is we create our own safety. And it's very easy to believe that a paycheck is coming every month forever in perpetuity. In reality, you could get sacked. Mm-hmm. the school could close down something or COVID could happen everything could change so we our brains like to give certainty to something because then it can feel certain about a future but actually the certainty of your paycheck is no more certain than the certainty of you generating income for yourself and actually in a flip to that often as teachers as educators Um, in any salaried role, there is an understanding of a level of income that's limited. And you're moving from a limited income to a limitless income. Mm -hmm. So quite the opposite. What you are doing is moving, your brain thinks you're moving out of safety, but actually what you're doing is moving into possibility. The more you believe in that, it becomes probability. And from probability, we get inevitability. And that is just the most beautiful place to be in the world. The last thing I wanted to mention was values. In your personal values, make sure that you've got those established whenever you begin a company to make sure that you have something to fall back on when you're not sure how you want to respond to something or if maybe somebody wants, um, I don't know, they, they think that what you have sold them doesn't look the same when they get it as it did in a photograph. If you have your personal values set up, then you can say, okay, fine, my values are um, love, trust, leadership I'm giving you mine now I shouldn't be doing that um okay how would love be in this situation how would I respond in the most loving way to me the most loving way to my client and how can I receive love from this situation so knowing what your values are are going to give you your filter through which you can make business decisions without ego this is how I want to show up in the world this is how I want to show up in business but also with value Sarah was asking you to write a list of all of those thoughts that you had a couple of years ago that you find very inspiring and motivating. I think it would be really helpful for you and actually all of the artists out there to write a list, top of the page, why is art valuable? Mm -hmm. Why are ceramics valuable? Why is whatever it is that you're producing, photographs, why is it it valuable? Where is the value in this? Because that list is going to give you your belief in the product. Mm-hmm. I value ceramics because somebody touches it and they, they, they know that it's been made by another human hand. And that kind of feedback, that sensory feedback as an architectural interior designer was my job that I, my company that I closed to do this full time. Mm-hmm. It was all handmade. It was all about the touch. 
Why? Because you know your brain knows, your body knows, you relate to the person who made that. That is of immense value, huge mm-hmm. value. Now, someone who gets their stuff from, you know, John Lewis or Ikea, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. When it's been made by a machine, sure, you get that, that perfect finish. And if that's what you want, that's where you're going to go. But if you want something handmade, you are already invested in that value. If mm-hmm. you want an original piece of artwork, if you want to be on your river cruise, did you say that was your 50s? I think I believe you were like your river guide. <laughs> if you want to be going for your river guides with Kirsten, it's because you're invested in Kirsten. If you want this piece of, of this bowl, this whatever it is, piece of ceramic, it's because it's handmade. Where's the value there? When you know that value, you will never have to sell a single goddamn piece. All you are doing is offering your value to the world. Just communicating why it's so valuable. And it's so interesting because I think it's in week one or week two of the Institute, we have a, we visit it gently and we say like, what is the value your work offers to the world? And it's always the artists who are like, well, I crochet things, I make things. There's no value to that. Like it doesn't fix their leaky tap. It doesn't fix their brain. It doesn't feed their children. And and then I think we are so, all of us conditioned to not think of art as valuable. Like we are, we have been poor by capitalism to not see the value in art. But like- All right, it's a luxury. Yeah, but then the difference a piece of art on your wall that makes you feel something to make to your life. The difference to your morning of of holding a cup that makes you feel like you and all of the things that you love in the world Mm -hmm. and makes you feel like special or like like it's full of ritual or whatever it is. Like they're they're values that we don't give enough airtime to. So I love the idea of that exercise, Sally, of just really connecting with it because at first your brain will go, I don't know. I don't know, there is no value, it's stupid, I shouldn't be doing it. And you have to keep asking and asking until it offers it to you. Yeah. And sometimes if you can't find it for yourself, it's easier to think about things you've bought made by other artists and why Mm -hmm. they're valuable to you. And that's like a side door into kind of starting to see it for yourself. Okay, yeah, that's perfect. That's really good advice. Also, I wanted to add when Sally was talking about um, the possibility instead of like the paycheck, like the possibility that comes with earning your own money. And yeah, that is the other side of it. Like, yeah, on the 26th of every month, I'm still like, oh, I'm not getting paid. But if I need more money for something, I just make more money. Like that's (laughs) how I run my business now. I'm like, a friend asked me at the weekend because we're looking at buying a French house and she was like, so have you like budgeted for the trips over there to like go and view things? And I was like, there's no point in me budgeting for that. Like I will just make the money as I need it and go and do it because yeah, I have empowering is that. That's amazing. Right. We're not right? right. But it's brilliant. It's but that's because Sarah values what is in her brain. And because she values what's in her brain, she can produce value into the world that is valuable. If you don't value what's in your brain, you can't produce something of value. Not that what you produce doesn't have merit and isn't an achievement, but when you don't qualify what is already in your head as the most valuable thing. I mean, your brain is basically your license to print money. It's your license for freedom. It's your license to choice. It is 
everything starts in your brain. And all of you guys out there, you are fucking rocket fuel. If you would, you know, if we could just scratch away everything that the world told you, if you could go right back to remembering who you were when you were that little kid running down a hill with the grass under your feet and the wind in your face, and just screeching for the sheer joy of it every single day of your life, doing what makes you feel like that, you will all be millionaires. And I am actually not fucking around here. That is the goddamn honest truth. It's just just so magnetic when someone when you know someone is there and there and all there and all there with the the, the dishes and the the art and the crochet and all that shizzle when it's their stuff it's like catnip people cannot get enough of it because the secret sauce is you it's you it's the value that comes from your brain your hands your practice your love your heart and being totally lined up Nobody else in the goddamn world can do that. No one can make your dishes or your cups. No one. It's just, it's impossible because you're making it from your brain, your lived experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I might have to go away and calm down a little. You've got Ranty Sally now. Ranty Sally is my favorite Sally. We love I put myself on mute. I hope, she pops in. I hope she pops in every week. Please bring Nancy Sally. <laughs> Amen to all of this. And it like it sounds a bit, it can sound a bit woo-woo if it's like the first time you're hearing it, or it sounds a bit too good to be true. And yet the more I run my business, the more I grow my business, the more I'm like, oh shit, this is all true. This is this mm-hmm. is how it works. And we've been misled and we've been lied to, and capitalism wants us to believe that there are all these barriers in place and that we have to be something we're not in order to succeed. But lies, it's all lies. And the possibilities are genuinely as infinite as we are. That's something we need a whole extra class on, Sarah. That's why we're gonna do sell your shit. Me and you are gonna have a talk about that Sell, sell your shit. Sell your, I still don't know if I can call it that. I just can't see it working with my branding, like the word shit. So, okay, I think maybe everybody who's listening to this in real life and everybody who listens to this on recording, please can you send Sarah some kind of message on Facebook or whatever. I think Sell Your Shit is the most awesome name for a bomb blasting <laughs> week of amazement to get people over the hump of insecurity about selling their shit to selling their shit. But she just she's not coming with me at the minute. People, I don't, I don't want people to think that it means that their stuff is shit. Because it's not shit. It should be like, sell your goddamn diamonds. But then no one will sign up for that because they'll be like, I don't have any diamonds. No, I just have rubbish. So maybe shit is the right word because then people will sign up being like... Yeah. Or maybe if you said that I said it, then it would probably be. Because if it doesn't fit with your branding, it's like little asterisk. This is Sally's. This is just like, don't blame me for the bad words and the and the connotations. It's like, it's Sally's fault. Well, anyway, we will keep you posted on the uh, sell your shit plans. I think we were thinking we might do it as like a free week long experiment and then try and build it into something longer. <gasps> Lizzie has just written, sell your amaze bullshit. Sell <laughs> your amaze bullshit. Even more rough brand. I love it, Lizzie. <laughs> I just think that's fun. Like, I'm always like, oh, it's the Insta retreat and here's some flowers. And now I'm going to be like, shit. Wow, yeah, like you've, been, you've been effective with Sally. <laughs> <laughs>
Guys, thank you so much. The chat, the conversations we've had today, all of it, you have been amazing. I get so much out of these calls and I hope you guys do too. Um, this will be up for a re-listen on the podcast feed and in the Facebook group as soon as I can convince my husband to get on the job. As we've seen this week, he's not the most reliable, thinking of sacking him. Um, have an amazing weekend. I hope the sun shines for you all. And I hope you remember that you are an amazing human being. Lots of love, everyone. See you later, everyone. I think I might need to sign off for you. Hey, Sarah, because I think- Oh, you might, yeah. All right, everyone. Do I need to do anything? Just so end. Anyone else can Just go. Put Just end. 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 Right. Bye, guys. <laughs>